Welcome back, everyone. It's 4-5 Podcast, episode 37, otherwise known as Quarantine, episode 6. I'm Matt. With me, as always, is Big John Stud, the Wild Bill, the J-Lo, coming out remote via Skypes. The Skypes. It's crazy. And Bill's lawnmower still doesn't run. His oven doesn't work. Listen, I got my heater fixed, but... Jesse's going to help him get hooked up with some mulch and uh, some spring cleaning, from what we understand here. Fellas, we got some spring cleaning ahead of us this weekend, it sounds like. It's that time of year. You know, we got to have the yard presentable, you know. Not that, <laughs> but not that presentable. Some of us on this podcast like our lawns a little bit more trimmed than others, right, John? It's all about the curb appeal, my man. It's all about curb appeal. I mean, it's. If you're not worried about that, then you're just like, don't have your head in the game because you're right, John. It is. It's on that driveway. I want to see perfection. Hey, man. Not a, I got to go out there this weekend, do some raking, which is the worst. Because once you rake, you know what happens. Start to get the uh, the calluses and the, um, what do you call them? The, uh, when, when you're raking, your fucking hand gets all fucked up. Blister. Yeah. Blisters. Blisters and calluses, yeah. Gonna be out there with like a, a fucking full on like, like military mask. Yeah, yeah. wear your wide receiver gloves when you're rake. There you go. That's a good idea. They'll, they'll keep your hands dry. You can, you know, <laughs> mail mail a pair. Just, just don't borrow Nelson Aguilar's. Is is effective? Nah, you'll keep dropping. You'll keep dropping the rake. <laughs> oh, big bang boom. Keep dropping the rate, but um, be an episode of forfeit without us knocking on receivers. Hey, you know, or we some of us get our digs in somehow, right? You know, nah, I, big year, big year for Djax. Feel it, big year. He said it himself. <laughs> but I think we're all missing sports right now, fellas. I think it's like with every with every day that passes. You know, there's only so many there's only so many times we can turn on ESPN right now and see the same highlights and the same, you know, uh, let's not forget about the seniors who got their seasons gypped and 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 so on and so forth. It's like it's getting it's getting slim pickings out there for uh for the for the sports world. I've heard some things about um even high school sports being pushed actually into the summer. So they might actually be playing their their season, but it might be during the summer. Wow. I believe that was a uh, New Jersey Athletic Association report that I read. So how do you guys think uh, eventually, how do you guys think, well, 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 I mean, we know where John stands, but there's probably not going to be any seasons because we're going to be sitting in quarantine until 2022. Um, (laughs) What? Likely. what you know, it's you know all these, all the leagues you know they're under tremendous amounts of pressure. You know not only just to get the season in, but there's a lot at stake, right? I mean, there's the season, and then there's the the financial burden that goes along with all the contracts, not just with the players, but with the you know the TV deals and the sponsorships and endorsements and so on and so forth. So I'm sure that all these leagues are you know chomping at the bit to to get over this um, this quarantine uh, epidemic that we have, or pandemic, whatever the fuck it is now. I don't even know. 
I don't even know what day it is right now. It's fr- I think it's Friday. Who knows? It's all running together on me. But, but anywho, it's March sixty-two. It's just it's just it's just one big countdown to April nineteenth. But that's a that's foreshadowing for another topic we're going to talk about. But anyway, how do you guys think this? You know, when when this all gets lifted, what do you think? How's how is sports going to return? And and what's the landscape going to look like as a whole? I mean. We can talk about if you want to start about you know start with the NBA like like there's talks about a, a bubble quarantine playoff where they're going to pick one destination whether it be Vegas or Atlantic City or somewhere where there's an arena and there's there's room and board close to where there's still not going to be any fans but there's going to be the teams the refs every everyone involved to to, to run the game and broadcast the game on television um, but like. You know, there won't be, you know, players won't be able to leave. It'll be a two-week thing, and they're there for two weeks, and then they quarantine, and then they leave. You know, that's one solution, you know. And then we're hearing, you know, the MLB is, you know, um, they have their scenarios kind of, like, coming out and and where, like, they're going to, you know, cut interleague play and, and focus just on divisional games to kind of, you know, condense the season as much as they can so they can stay on schedule and get back on track for the following season. And then, you know, there's the NFL where, like, you know, you could forget about OTAs at this point, and, you know, uh, training camps are already going to be affected, and, like, you know, the draft has already been affected with, like, not being able to uh, properly give guys the right physicals, and it's affecting, you know, the way that think players are going to be approached in the draft and, and so on and so forth, and, and, and even free agency. So, like... How do you guys think that you know when this when this thing finally lifts? Like, what what do you see for professional sports? You know, is it is it how condensed are these schedules? What what do the postseasons look like? And you know, is it going to be you know as big of an asterisk on things as 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 they're saying? Uh, I I, I s- still believe strongly that this isn't going to end soon. And the fact that even playing sports, a five-on-five basketball game is still still not social distancing. It's you know, it's still twelve guys on a team plus coaches plus staff members. So it's kind of defeating the purpose of what we're trying to attempt here in the United States as a whole. Um, and not even to mention, like, forget fans. Like, fans aren't going to be at these games. So I, I don't think we're going to have anything for maybe into fall, like October-ish. By then, I think maybe football would, would be the kickoff, but I think they're going to cancel NBA. I think they're going to cancel NHL. Um, MLB, maybe, maybe a shortened season, if, if anything. But I, I, I could I – could, I could see that going to the wayside as well, unfortunately. It's depressing, I know. That or we could just keep continue to watch these idiots on ESPN play NBA 2K and simulated games because that's really intriguing. Oh, my no. God. Blow my uh, brain out. <laughs> I was watching the Wizards versus the Sixers earlier on NBC Sports, and I was like, wow, this looks great. Oh, wait, it's a video game. It's, it's it's fucking nah. It's it's. I saw today 
that the EPL league is catching a lot of heat because some of like some of the bigger clubs started laying off, kind of doing what the Sixers did. But on steroids, basically, they laid off some like non-player personnel and cut pay of others. And now, like the I don't know I I don't want to misstate it, but the whatever head of soccer is trying to push to have a thirty percent pay cut for the players now. And because it's just a really because people in England are like in an uproar about how the millionaires aren't taking a pay cut because they've been getting their full salary so far, and like many many people are getting laid off and pay cuts and shit like that. So I think that's before we even talk about games, like that's the next step for this. And I think the next topic is going to be the pay cuts from the, the like the, the wealthy athletes, you know, because it's it's it's. That's the next, I guess, stage because as, as cash flow stops coming in, I, I don't know if we touched on it yesterday or not, but I, don't, I know Jesse was talking about it. I don't know if we were giving it to our fans in a recording, but, you know, advertisers aren't going to, you know, pay for a full season of sports if they're not going to get a full season of sports. So what do you do? <laughs> you know, people are going to want money back. And that's when it's going to start getting, like, really bad, bad black and blue, you know, black and blue eyes. Can you get a black and blue eye? I don't know if you, it's either black or blue. Maybe I don't know. Um, uh, it's gonna be bad. How hard you punch and fuck with. They start fucking with money is what I'm trying to get to. It's gonna get it's gonna get ugly, and I think that's gonna be like a bad look. So that ties into the what do you think is gonna happen after this? We gotta see how how ugly it gets first, because I don't think we're even in the realm of like predicting when games are. Like, I think, I mean, April's obviously completely out. I think May's probably out unless things change. It's a fluid situation. It could change. You know, I mean, if things look better at the end of the month with, like, cases and shit like that. But, I, you know, I think that June, July area would be, I think, the soonest for any kind of sports activity, whatever it is. But between now and then, there's got money going to be changing hands and or not changing hands. And I think that's going to become a hot topic in – in, in, in our industry, I mean, we're part of this industry, if you face it. So it's, you know, we're, we're taking pay hits from our sponsors. You know, I mean, as yes, is there a lack thereof? Yes, but, you know, it's budgets <laughs> to be tightened. And, you know, I think it's, that's what's going to, I think, be step two of this is, is the money train. And going to get, I think, very, when people stop getting paid. But, We'll see, but we but we live in a country that when it gets back on in two weeks, everybody will fill the stadiums again. That's you know we have a short memory, you know we don't you know, we, we don't let things linger. We, we can't let more than ten people into a food store, and, and you think we're going to fill a stadium full of seventy thousand people? Yeah, but once, I, once everything's like okay, I mean, maybe not, I'm not saying the first like week, but I think there's plenty of people that I I think there's probably. Just many people who don't really adhere to like this being an issue. Like I saw today, I know I, I know we talked about the South Dakota governor, but I saw today like Alabama governor saying the same thing that we're fine here. Like go to the beach, go to the restaurant. We're not, we're not going to change our way of life. And they have a thousand people infected in, in, in every county except five in the state, but they're they're still saying it's not a big deal. Like, it, you know, the flu hurts more people. Like, so I think, you know, that's the other thing, too. It's there's a lot of people who really haven't stopped their day to day. 
you know, yes, you know, sports has stopped, entertainment things, but, you know, there's a whole big part of this country that's thick. I mean, my parents in Indiana, like, things are kind of closed, but not really. Like, it's a big country, and I think the coasts, we're in the more of the firing line, so to speak, than rural areas. So. Yeah, well, the fire ain't going to stop where we're at. Like, no, yeah, I mean, fire, the, when the fire spreads to them, they can get in the back of the fucking line. And, and you know, when you talk about places like Alabama and Louisiana and Mississippi, they are extremely poor and they don't have a very robust health system as it is. And as bad as it is in like New York and California, it's going to fucking collapse down there. And those people are going to be screwed. I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I, you know, I, it, it's. I, I, I feel like it's just so crazy though, because it feels like some people just don't don't like see it being go getting that crazy. I mean, it's it's. I know the numbers are growing, but they're not like astronomical yet. I guess I think for people to really take take it serious, if they want to see stupid level numbers, I hope, hopefully, hopefully, it doesn't get to that. But I mean, uh, it, it's gonna. It's doubling every other day. Yeah, I mean, but, you know, it's the like deaths. over like in Italy, it's still like in the thousands and it's been going on for there for like a month or two. And I mean, that's, I mean, I don't know how many people live in Italy, but like, if you think about it, we have 300 million people, give or take in America. How many people are infected? A couple hundred thousand, million tops. That's not even, you know, it's like 0.0001%. But the, the problem, Bill, is that as the infection spreads, you lose the ability to get those people on ventilators and get them into hospitals. Oh, I agree. I mean, and you know, that's, yeah, that's where the, the death rate's going to go from two or three percent to ten percent. Like, I, I just read a report in um, in Spain that there's so many people in the hospitals in parts of Spain, in like Barcelona, that the doctors are basically going around and giving people morphine. Because they can't help them, there's no ventilators, and they're just like, this person's going to die if they're on a ventilator or not. I'm just going to give them morphine and let them take a nap and, until they die. And, like, that's what's going on in parts of the parts of the world right now with this. Like, And it, it's just going to get worse and worse and worse. But to, to what you guys were talking about with the stadiums, I wouldn't be surprised at all this year to see no fans in any stadium. I, I think we might see games. I, I agree, Jesse. Yep, I, I agree. The games I feel a little more. But you know. I don't. I would. I would be like I'm. I'm a union season ticket holder. I doubt. I highly doubt that I'll be able to to go to Subaru Park this year and watch the union play. I might be able. To, I might be able to watch them on TV. But but think about that though, Jesse. Like. Even the games itself, like at, let's just say they're going to play a game at Subaru Park. You're talking mm -hmm. about people that are there for cameras and filming. And then mm -hmm. people have to open up the stadium. People have to be security, even though there isn't fans there. So, like, it's still – it's not just like a, someone holding up their camera, their, 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 their iPhone, mounting it on something, and then walking away and, and, and just watching it be filmed. There's so many people that are still going to be involved with the actual game to go live with or without fans really isn't it is I, it's like the least of anybody's worry. It's still people. It's still 50, 100 people 
gathering in a, in a spot to, to do something that is it necessary? Is it necessary that those hundred people get possibly exposed to then go back to their loved ones? And then we, here we go. We start this cycle all over. Again. I'm, I'm not, I'm not saying it should happen. I'm just saying yeah. that if we have sports this year, that if we have sports, I think the only way it happens is in empty stadiums. But I don't. I mean, that's all have, I'm saying. I don't think you can have empty stadiums. Like, it's still going to be like security on the side. Their apex is still going to be there on the sideline, make sure nothing goes on. You know what I mean? No one comes into the stadium out of nowhere. You know what I mean? Like yeah, but I mean like you're like, going to have video crews. The guys on the on the on the um, sidelines with you know cameras and stuff. The guy holding the fucking big uh, circle thing to get the audio. The guy with the big oven mitts. You know, tell him to go to commercial. It's well, like. The football is the, at this point, the football is the least, well, if there's anything that's going to be impacted the least, it'll probably be pro football because it's the far, not, it's farthest out. Right. Um, the so, one that's really going to be screwed overall is baseball, I feel. Oh, yeah. Baseball's baseball is just fucking screwed. And MLS. Which I is mean, a the NBA might not be able to finish their season, but they got three quarters of their regular season in. So a lot of that TV money and stuff like that. I mean, that's, I mean, yeah, they're, they're looking at losses here and there postseason stuff, but like, man, major league baseball screwed. Well, like think about this from a Phillies perspective. We might've seen JT real Muto play his last game as a Philly. That's so fucked up. Why aren't we signing him to a long-term deal, Jesse? I, I, I either way our top right fielder. We we literally John, shut your mouth. He's, he's fantastic. <laughs> we give away one of the best pitching prospects in all of baseball, a guy that we held on to for and then we give him up for a guy we need. And he's literally the best catcher in baseball, but we, but we don't want to pay him. Like yeah. you think we were gonna have to come to this point at some point when we made when we traded? Like, I don't get it. You gotta lock him up. Like you gotta lock him up. He's the he's the he best catcher in baseball. Like you don't pull the trigger for one fucking year. It wasn't that we were one piece away from being a championship team. We just needed a catcher. We needed yeah. to build a team, and you give up. We gave up a shit ton to get him, and for yeah. one year, like I'll tell you what, man. We want to shit on some GMs. I need a fucking Matt Clentak session. Oh uh, yeah, old fucking low for that turd. Here's one sport that I think actually will play. And it's golf. You'll see golf. The, uh, the only reason, the only way you wouldn't is the sponsorship issues. Golf, golf is a sport like. Yeah, they pay. They, they pay for millions of dollars. Just super, we're going to give you two million dollars for a purse. Well, golf, fans, golf, fans. golf is that like it's but a golf really like, like one the one like golf's really a one sport where you could take away the fans and it doesn't really impact the the vibe. They're not right? playing very close together. And for yeah. the makers, it would suck. I mean, guys follow Tiger. I mean, I fucking Augusta. I mean, the guys follow Tiger from hole one. I mean, it's just they walk the course and you see it. Yeah, but yeah, yeah but not. But but but, but there's way more people watching on television than there are people oh, there. Oh well, yeah, no, I mean, there's millions at home watching. Yes, they'll, but they'll it make it more intimate. What's that? They'll make it more intimate where they'll have Tiger, Phil, all these guys mic'd up. Yeah. Uh, and it'll it'll make it a little bit more interesting to to get into the minds of the golfers and how they talk to their caddies. It'll be like 
game pad or um, you know, what is it? What do the NFL does with all the audio? It's they have a segment called like Audible. Oh, wired or wired up or whatever. Wired up. Yes. They all would be wired up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Them talking to the caddies. You know, pulling yeah. the pin. Just that yeah. Uh, that's the intimacy because they're not they're not going to be real with the mic on they're not going to keep it real they're gonna they gotta they're gonna be playing into a mic you know what i mean like like, like baseball yeah, to me it's better than nothing i understand your point though it's better than you know something to do than nothing you know like baseball at least they also sort of play farther apart as well except when you're up to bat or on base but like or, or when you're sitting in the dugout well yeah it's yeah it's interesting. spitting all over each other yeah it's true you know? So maybe golf is the only one we see. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, bowling. Bowling could get a huge spike in ratings. Bowling. Let's go. Sports can roll, man. Chess. I mean, you know. There's games, you know, like, you know, skeet shooting, the archery, you know. Ocho, you know, Ocho Network's going to go up huge. Sure. We're going to see a surge in the Ocho. Yeah. Uh, Speaking of Ocho, it's all I got. It's all I got. Well, I'll tell you what. It, it it piqued my interest. I was curious the other night when I was texting you guys because I tuned in I, uh, with wrestling. Like I was hearing like they were still doing wrestling with no, with no fans, no crowds. And I think they almost got it right. I think what they're missing is like music. If they had music playing – while these guys were wrestling, it would just it would it would it would fill a void because it's like you can hear the you can hear the white noise of like the lights above them almost yeah. like humming as they're like hitting the mat and like grunting and groaning and it's just like just 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 fill it with some like metal or some like you know i don't care what you know what i mean like even just like hardcore rap or whatever you want to put on over top of it it would just it would just like kind of round out that 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 awkward like vibe that like the silence gives you know what i mean because it's like okay you can almost get past there not being any like crowd there if you had some music to kind of like get into with it you know what i mean like much like a video game almost you know, it's like watching a uh, a theater performance with no music. Yes, you know what I mean. It's like yeah, it's like it's like ad lib with uh yeah, like like they're rehearsing almost. Yeah. It's not it's not the real deal. It, WrestleMania would be interesting too because it's such a it's it's well, I mean now that it's at the Performance Center, it's not going to be that much of a spectacle, but it is like their Super Bowl, so like. It's going to be interesting to see what they do from a stage perspective and, you know, like you say, music perspective. Like, they're not going to have the pyrotechnics that they would in the Tampa Bay Stadium. You know what I mean? Right. Like, just not going to happen. They're in a... Tomorrow night at 7 p.m. What's this? WrestleMania is tomorrow night at 7 p.m. Yeah, thanks, Bill. Where have you been? I asked you yesterday when it was, like, I think it's Sunday. I said, okay, that's great. Let's tune in Sunday, everybody. Oh wait, it's tomorrow. Well, second day. You know another. You know another sport that I would think like, and like you guys can tell me why I'm wrong with this because obviously I am wrong because they've already canceled it. But they canceled Wil uh, Wimbledon, yeah. and like you would think at the very least, if you really wanted to get Wimbledon in, you, you think about tennis, right? I mean, they have multiple camera angles, right? But 
the main camera angle is like that fixed camera angle above, right? Mm -hmm. So what if you just whittled it down to like that one camera angle and you had a judge and you had the two players there and that was it? You need ball boys and you need ball boys. And they're still playing with them. they're still playing with balls where like they're each touching them and that's the whole thing. Like you don't want to cross. Okay. All right. So they all right. See, that's what I mean. Like that's the, the I knew I was gonna be wrong in assuming like yeah, what's the big deal not, with that. It, but it's not a bad it's not a bad thought. I mean, if if you were to if you were to think like if we went to the courts right now and we were gonna play and we hit a ball into the net, we'd have to go get it. Like Yeah. You know, that could that could work in a sense where it's just two people hitting a ball back and forth. Yeah. At least in golf, like if you were going to get up in the tee box, I don't have to be up in the tee box with you. I could be six, ten feet back. You know what I mean? But I don't know. It's you know, like I said, fishing will be big. Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I and most people fishing when I went out yesterday or the day before, whenever I went grocery shop, take it two days ago. Surfing uh, and. <laughs> What, they'll, what they'll be able to do, what what will what might give us a shot at it is now that they're starting to get these tests that, that they can get results back forty five in in like forty five minutes and thirty minutes. You just have everybody show up. Players well, I, show I, up. I, agree. I think that was something that would be fantastic. Like you just require to get tested. You sure. test everybody. Everybody to get in. Spring of it. Huh? To get into no, a no, no, no. if if you're just saying to get get the games on TV. That oh, all the athletes, you're like, saying all, test the athletes, test, test the refs, the test, test the TV, test, test the essential test the people that need to be there. Yes. Yeah. Like essentially making weight like a like a, a wrestler or a boxer yeah. would just got it. You got it. Everybody you would you would have to like you would have to quarantine everybody. So like the players would be together and get tested. And the refs would be together and get tested. And the TV crew would be together. And then once all the tests come back, you go in. Right. Oh, no, I mean, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a, it's an idea. I mean, and I'm sure that these, you know, I'm sure that the professional sports world is, believe me, there's probably, I don't even want to know how many war rooms there are right now. All over the all over the globe, trying to figure this shit out for so many—not just sports, but for life in general. You know. But once again, shout out to you know the essential workers out there, the medical staff that's putting their lives on the line. Um, it, it it you know we're in, we're indebted to you guys for sure. Um, if this is a wake up call for our healthcare system, I don't know what is. <laughs> Yeah. And rent. Well, since since we're all kind of starving for sports and and we, you know, you know, the return of sports is, uh, you know, on hold indefinitely, like we've just been discussing. There are there are there are a few uh, needles in the haystack. There are a few uh, diamonds in the rough. And and I mentioned the date April 19th uh, a couple minutes ago. And that's uh, the debut of The Last Dance, um, the Michael Jordan Chicago Bulls 10-part 10, 10 documentary that originally was going to be released on June 23rd. Um, but since we, we have such a void in sports in America, it's gotten, it got bumped up 
Um, and we're very thankful and excited to, to hear about that. I myself was a, um, you know, growing up in the, in the nineties, you know, as a teenager, that was, that, that was like MJ and the bulls. They were, they were my escape from, you know, the, the, the shithousery that was happening with the Sixers. It was kind of like my, uh, my escape, you know, um, because growing up in the in Philly as a basketball fan in the '90s, man, you had to have an escape. You had to have you had to look to the Knicks or the you know or the Bulls or the the Lakers somewhere, you know, to kind of get your to kind of get that uh, that that competitive spirit, you know, that that was within you to to kind of satisfy that itch, you know. And MJ and those guys, you know, they 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 did it for. For myself and a lot of people in the in in Berlin and and everyone that I grew up with, so you know this this documentary kind of focuses in on the end the the, the the end part of like it was kind of like the conclusion. It documents the ninety seven ninety eight, which is like the conclusion of the dynasty run, one of the greatest sports dynasties I think that will you know we'll ever see in our lifetime, um, and. Uh, it was, uh, from what I heard, the documentary was uh, was tr- this was trying to get made for a, a number of years, and Michael Jordan himself had kind of shot it down for for a while. Um, but it wasn't until the recent, you know, um, talks, growing talks of uh, of LeBron James being considered uh, the greatest basketball player of all time that MJ himself you know, kind of felt that this needed to be done um, in order to protect his legacy. And uh, I, th- I thought that that was kind of like an interesting piece of uh, reporting done by um, by Bill, Bill Simmons actually came out with that article, said that, you know, for years, the, the ESPN knew of this footage. They knew that, you know, what we're going to see is like everything that we've heard about from, you know, how – how uh, Michael Jordan was behind the scenes with with his teammates and um, you know yelling at practices and and being just a complete maniac. Um, you know, I think that was all hearsay for a lot of years, but it um, I, I heard it all comes out in this in this documentary. And I think we've all seen the trailer and the teasers and they interview everybody. And, you know, not just people from the sports world, but people from pop culture, people who got to know MJ and Rodman and Pippen and and Phil Jackson and really got to follow them around um, and and uh, and kind of uh, tell their tell their side of what they knew and what they saw and what they experienced. So, I mean, I think uh, as a huge basketball fan, sports fan, Bulls fan, Michael Jordan fan, you know, I uh, I'll definitely sit down with a with a Bulls uh, uh, flap rim hat on, wear my Jordan fives, pop a pop pop a pop a bag of popcorn, and just and just you know relive my teenage years uh, for ten weeks or nine weeks, however long it's going to be on, because um, it's all we got. <laughs> the the one thing that I I find sort of mesmerizing about it is the fact that Michael hasn't talked for, what, 11 years now? Because he was inducted into the Hall of Fame in 2009. It's probably the last time he gave, like, a speech or an interview or something 
to that nature. So it's kind of interesting now to, to see where he's at and how he comes across in, you know, 2020 or whenever this was recorded, 2019, 18 or whatever. But like, just to, just to see where he's at from a mindset, from a, from an athlete to an ex-athlete to a businessman, it'll be very interesting to see. And I wonder if he's ever, if he's going to throw any shade or shots at current guys or compare himself maybe to the LeBron James or what? That's to me is going to be the most interesting thing. Is he I gonna really spills it all out about Isaiah and the Pistons and how he really, really feels about those guys because he kind of did it. Like, I mean, he passively aggressively did it with the dream team with like, cause you know, behind the scenes, he said, you know, I'm only playing. I'm only. I'm only going to the Olympics with these guys if if Isaiah is not there. And they and they pretty pretty much on the Dream Team documentary, quasi flat out came out and said like, yeah, like that was one of the huge stipulations. It was like no Isaiah Thomas questions in interviews, and and the only way I'm doing this is if Isaiah Thomas is not a part of. It. And that wasn't just for Jordan. That was a, a number of players. Yeah. It also, like, I've read some things recently about it's kind of sad to see Kobe, Kobe in this documentary. It's going to kind of bring up, some, bring up some old, you know, most recent wounds of, of us losing Kobe. But, you know, it'll be uh, interesting to see his, his perspective as well. Do they interview LeBron James in this at all? I mean, he's going to have to be in it, I would think, at some point. Yeah. Or, uh, and he'll be clipped in, and they'll ask Mike about, like, you know, do you think LeBron's better than you? And then, you know, I, I, I don't think Mike will sell out. I think he'll be himself. I don't think there's any reason for him not to be himself. He's a billionaire. He's, you know, it's, it, it's, it's, it's pretty black and white. People can argue whatever they want. He's the greatest basketball player that ever lived. It's just, it's just, that's not even a debate. It's, it's, that's just fact. So, Guys like LeBron, who talented and play the game the right way, you know, uh, you know, and do it, do it for longevity, and he has been a champion. Um, it was just different with Michael. Like people watched Michael Jordan play who weren't basketball fans. Like my dad doesn't like basketball, but he would watch Michael Jordan play if he was on. Like it was he said it before in the text, it was a Jordan Jordan rules Jordan effect. Like he changed the game. Like it, it, he literally changed the most popular game in the world. With next to soccer, the most popular game in the world, single-handedly, to where he he became the face of, of the league and and, and of, of the entire sport. And it's just different timing because obviously no no social media back then. You know he he was very shielded as a player and person, and still is because I mean he's a team owner, so he's. You know, not looking to be in the public spotlight, I'm sure. But I think it's going to have – I mean, Le- LeBron is arguably on the Mount Rushmore of basketball with him. So I, I think it just has to be addressed. Like, they're going to they're, they're, they're gonna come at him like, is, is Kobe or is, you know, is, is LeBron better than, you know, in your category? And maybe he'll say yes. Maybe we'll see what he says. But, man, I, I will, you know – I, I I'm, uh, I'm 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 on the edge of the seat to see what he's gonna say because I don't know something about him. Even when I hear him talk, it's just like man, I just got I just get jacked up. I'm gonna go go through some hoops. 
just it's so pol- he's polarizing. It's just everything. It's just I see those earrings, those big old hoop earrings, <laughs> and and I saw the one clip. He has he has the whiskey and the cigar. I fucking love it. Yep. Oh, he's always he's always half shot whenever you talk to him. Oh, yeah. he's high as hell. He looks high in all his all, all his anytime you see him. He just, yeah, because he, he walks a little funky too. So I'm sure for I'm sure it's recreational, maybe some medicinal things too. But dude, he's a billionaire. He's living the life. He owns an NBA team. Even though they suck, he makes he makes hundreds of millions of dollars a year off it. I'm sure. So it's well, like not just that he makes hundreds of millions of dollars off his shoes. No, yeah. I mean that's what I mean. Like. Life is great for Michael Jordan, and you're the greatest basketball player to ever live. Like he's recently taken up uh, sport fishing. Like that's like his newest thing. Like his his uh, his wife like got him into it. Like they went with friends, and um, he he wasn't really like about it at first. He didn't. He was never really a boat guy or a water guy, really. But then he like fell in love with it, and just like I think it was like I think it like. The, the hunt of fishing and the and just the the sport aspect of it I think he really enjoys and just the, being out there like with his wife and enjoying time I think also is a plus as well for him but like listen here's what we all do we, he he gets he pre, he he buys a, a thirty pack of Keystone gets a harpoon and some fishing poles like we did and we go out and catch some fish oh gee, like, I don't even talk about you and fishing Bill. I was bringing in all kinds of fish, needlefish that he hasn't seen in years. Well, the ones that big, he said. Yeah. Well, if it wasn't for you chumming, I mean, I guess we wouldn't have I, mean, I, I should get a thank you because we were having jack shit until I brought Bill the fish. Chum, Bill chummed in his own needlefish. That's what he's saying. Right. Yeah. So, we saw exotic boats like the horny Hitler. I mean, what, what do you want to do? Jesus. <laughs> You know, oh, that's, you know, those are the things you experience when you're on the open seas. That's right. <laughs> topless girls, topless girls, randomly redirecting their route around our boat, and, uh, until they get the stench of uh, of vomit chum in the water. <laughs> now I can see my, I, I, Mike. I can see Mike going big game fishing. Like catch going some, getting some some marlin, some tuna. Oh some yeah. The big bastards. We're gonna have to. We're gonna have to hit up Captain Mike again soon. Hopefully, uh, uh, I would love to go for some sharks. Shark this, hopefully this year. You know, hopefully we don't have to wait till next year, and then we can go out and get some. I would. I would love to do a night fishing trip with him too. Night fishing is always fun. Fuck yeah! But uh, I saw an interesting Twitter post. Uh, you know, we mentioned Jordan, obviously, and LeBron, and and Kobe. Um, I don't know if you guys saw this. There, it was like an image. It was like all three of them, and it said you had to start one, bench one, cut one. Which, what would it be, and what would your reasons be for your decisions? Who were who were the guys again? I'm sorry, yeah, Michael Jordan, LeBron James, and Kobe Bryant. You had to start one, bench one, cut one. Yeah, it's simple. Start Michael Jordan. I bench Kobe. See you, LeBron. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of with you. Yeah. Okay, so that, all right, that ends that segment. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean. I love LeBron. I mean, I'm a a LeBron guy, even though I I got really mad at him when he went to the Lakers, but it is what it is. It's his choice. Um, I, I, I don't question LeBron's, I mean, one of the greatest players ever, but it's like people don't realize how, 
I think younger people who didn't get to see him like we did in his prime, like what Kobe was. Like Kobe was the closest thing that we might ever see to Jordan again. Yes, I he had that mom. The mom of I, I don't think I. I just don't. You can't. Teach as, it. You can't develop it. You either have it or you don't. As the and, years go on, too, I just don't see. I think LeBron, what he's done for basketball, is great. What Michael Jordan did for basketball is great. What Kobe Bryant did for basketball is great. And without, without, you wouldn't have one without the other. So it's like for you to say that this one's the greatest of all time, it's kind of hard to like even compare them to. Now, if I had to pick one, obviously it's Michael Jordan because without Michael Jordan, you wouldn't have Kobe. And then without Kobe and Michael, you wouldn't have LeBron and what he did because they each set set the stage for each other. But to compare Michael Jordan and LeBron as the years go on, I feel like you can't do that anymore. You just I just don't think I just don't see it. Like a lot of people still see it. And I just I just don't. I think I think Jordan and Kobe are way more comparable than Jordan and LeBron. I just the way LeBron his path in the league, what he chose to do is so different than what the league was when Jordan was like at his prime that like I don't know, I just don't I just don't see it. They don't play the same position. It's they don't approach different. the game the same way. It's just it's just totally different time. It's just yeah. I think it's just I don't see it. It's a, it's early on in LeBron's career before he, you know, had chose different paths. And, you know, maybe when he was still in Cleveland early on before he decided to go to Miami, because that was that was it. Like once he went to Miami and pursued a championship on a second team, like Jordan never would have done that. Jordan would have stayed in Chicago. He would have he would have had guys come to him. He wouldn't have gone elsewhere. So once that happened, and I'm not saying what LeBron did was wrong. I'm just saying that it was different. And I just, they, I mean, they both, they both achieve greatness, but it's, I, I just, to say one's better than the other and more great than the other, I don't know. I just, I, I don't even, I don't even see how you can compare them like apples to apples anymore. It, it's exactly what you said, man. It's, it's an error thing. It's a time thing. It's, you know, I've always been a big proponent and I agree with you guys. I like Jordan's the best ever. But then I got to think like, man, we, we sit back from baseball fans and say, wow, Babe Ruth is the best baseball player ever. And that was in like, that was eons ago. You know what I mean? Like we can, you could make the argument now that Will Chamberlain was probably the, one of the, if not the best player ever for things that he did. But was it because he was seven foot whatever and everyone else was shorter and the only other guy around was Bill Russell that could, you know, body him up. But, it, you know, the error thing is very important. You know, the Jordan error for him because of the, the not only just like his basketball style, but what he did for sneakers and apparel and lifestyle and, and, and branding and all that stuff that, you know, now like LeBron just capitalizing and capitalizing on now because if it wasn't for guys like Jordan, he wouldn't be able to have a movie company or a, you know, a, a you know, a bunch of different TV episodes and, and HBO and so on and so forth. Whereas like guys like Will Chamberlain, like they didn't have that stuff. They just went out there and balled. You know what I mean? Like, 
so I could, I could see arguments for, for everything, but I, I just think the, the, the generations and the time frames are sort of where you can, you can't really say like Jordan is the best ever without, you know, looking at the body of work that LeBron has done. And we always skip over Kobe, which I never understand, but like guys like Kobe, like it's got to be Jordan one, Kobe two, and then you'll see where LeBron ends up. But again, like going back to the error thing, like let's not forget guys like Will Chamberlain. Let's not forget guys like Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the, and the Bill Russells. You know what I mean? Can't. No, you're absolutely right, John. You, you, you can't. It's just – you're right. It's just – it's 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 a time gap, right? Yeah. It's an error thing. Um, but I think, you know, you brought up an interesting point is like we, we think of Jordan and we think of LeBron and we skip over Kobe. And I think the one thing that Kobe got chipped is because Jordan was still kind of relevant even though he was like in his later years and he just retired – but people were still on that Jordan high when Kobe was doing his thing that, like, everyone was just like, there will never be another Michael Jordan. Like, there's no way. And then, you know, and, and, I, and I'm, 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 I said it before, like, when we did the Kobe episode, like, like I just saw Kobe Bryant as, like, this, this, this punk that's just trying to be, like, Jordan right away and just t- and fill his shoes. And it's just like, who the fuck do you think you are? Like, that's what I thought. You know what I mean? But, like, it wasn't until later on in Kobe's career that I think, like, he got the majority res- respect. Yeah, he started appreciating it. Exactly. And, and you know, and, and all along, you, you know, you didn't find out until, like, you know, some people, not until his service at the, at the Staples Center when Michael Jordan was saying, hey, man, I was in his ear the whole time, you know? Talking to him at 3 a.m., him fucking bugging me at fucking 3 a.m. in the morning. He's being a pain in the ass. But, like, now that even Jordan looks back on it, he's just, like, the kid was, like, a spitting image of myself. You know what I mean? He had the same passion, competitive spirit, you know. And and But that's a nod to Jordan. Without Jordan, without little Kobe growing up in Lower Marion and, and, you know, idolizing Jordan like all of us did. And, like, Bill brought up a good point, too, like, you know, our, our dads, like my dad in particular, I remember, I'll never forget the day my dad told me, like when I was young, when I was older, he goes, you know, I always, I never understood basketball. I never, like, I couldn't stand basketball and I, I couldn't understand why you got so, like, into, you know, basketball when you did and with, you know, Michael Jordan. But then when I actually like would watch Jordan, you know, with you, like sit down and watch him and then see what he's doing not only for the league but like for pop culture and stuff and then he would go see me play in my little like you know middle school like rec leagues and see me try to idolize and like pull off all these crazy moves he was like i totally get it like this guy was like more than basketball i mean he he i mean he used basketball as a platform but like he ended up just like polarizing pop culture to us you know and like taking sports and like like you said like like creating a the first true like brand you Mm -hmm. know um and it's like without him lebron doesn't have what he has kobe doesn't have what he has and all these guys don't kd and like irving like all of them they don't have they don't have any of it and the and the and you know it was around before jordan like you, you think about the weapons like you know the converse weapons that like magic and and bird had and 
and and and and Dr. J had a shoe and but like it wasn't you know it wasn't hyped up and it wasn't thought uh at you know it wasn't what am I trying to say it wasn't like uh it wasn't escalated to the level that like where Jordan took it you know it it was just it just it 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 went to a whole new stratosphere with 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 Michael you know and I think it, his style of play too just like like lent it lent himself to that too I wonder in my in my in my mind too if the if his shoes weren't as successful would Michael Jordan be a, such as I such an icon as he is now you know what I mean like would he have sort of um like faded away yeah would he have sort of like went went the magic path and like sort of like all right, I'm backing away now. And and then you're not going to only hear from me every now and again. But with Michael Jordan, like, every, like we know, it's like a new shoe drops another day. You know what I mean? A new Jordan brand this. And, you know, it's like he's so involved in basketball and the lifestyle still to this day. It's not like he's, like, retired and living in the Hamptons and just, you know, smoking cigars and playing golf. He's, like, involved with – the game of basketball as his career still, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's a big, what if, you know, I mean, we'll, it's something that we'll never know. And, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that we, we won't know because I'd rather have it this way than the other way around, you know? Yeah. Uh, uh, it's just, I think what Michael brought to the sport as opposed to, you know, Larry Bird and, and magic, he just had a. It it was like the Mamba mentality before the Mamba, you know. And and what Nike stood for as a brand was it was just a no brainer. Like it was like, you know, pardon the pun, a shoe in for Michael Jordan to to create the brand that and you know and for, I don't think there's someone out there that is just like oh well we knew this all along we saw this happen I think a lot of it happened organically I think a lot of it happened just on its own you know I mean if you ask Michael I think I don't think he ever once thought that like he'd be sitting here today a billionaire like he had this like conjured up in his head I think Michael Jordan is just one of the he was born with a killer competitive instinct and basketball was his love and his outlet and that's what he you know what what he chose to outlet that that passion and that drive and that's all he cared about was winning and you know i bet you you could probably ask him well i don't know i mean this is up for debate but i would like to think that if i think michael jordan's one of those people if he say i you know, would you would you take away all the billions of dollars and still want winning? I think he would say, yeah, I'd rather I'd rather win, like th win at all costs, like he said, no matter what, no matter what. And that means I think if he was like, all right, well, you know, we'll strip you of your title or we'll strip you of your titles, but you still keep all your billions of dollars. It's like, I don't know. I think I think he I think for a split second, at least he'd think about it. I might be crazy, you know. Yeah, I think you're crazy. <laughs> I don't think that's accurate. Because I don't think he would give it away because winning makes you money. That's his correlation. Be the best and the money comes. 
but I get your sentiment. He, he created that wealth, though, too, on, you know, by doing the things that he did other than basketball, which, you know, whether you give props to his team management for, you know, doing the whole shoe thing and make, making that a big spectacle as it was and wearing the band shoes and then, you know, all of a sudden, you know, they're going to pay for every time he gets fined and, you know, it, it became a media, a media spectacle that, you know, made him super popular. And on top of that, winning, w- add winning into that, and it's a combination for popularity. With popularity comes money, and with more money comes more money. And you know, more money, more money, more money. Yeah. And he didn't have his share. I mean, he had a share of problems too, which I'm sure they're gonna they're gonna emulate in the movie yeah. or documentary about gambling. And- yeah, that was that was. My next question is how 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 close how close did they get that shit, man? Because well, didn't his gambling get his father killed? Well, that's the rumor. That's the rumor, and 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 his two year hiatus from basketball was not really essentially, you know, him going to pursue, you know, his love for basketball dying, and you know. Um, him having to like fulfill his dream of playing baseball. It was David Stern pulling him into a, to his office and saying, look, we know you bet on basketball and this is, this, this could end badly for all of us. So why don't you just take a, take a break, let this fucking like all kind of like blow over and, um, and we'll bring you back. You might have to wear a different Jersey number for a few games, but that might be the the worst of it. What in the actual fuck are you doing? Me? Yeah. What are you I'm doing? Trying are you... to multitask. Trying to multitask. <laughs> what are you doing? What are you trying to multitask? I'm tr- so. Uh, I have my laptop on my desk, and direct behind that I have my iMac so I was trying to do something on my iMac and I'm moving the screen so I can see the bottom of the screen so I can see the dock to find what I was looking for on the bottom of my dock gotcha riveting riveting Riveting. stuff (laughs) look I'm as big of a Jordan fan as anybody else but that's really all I've got to add to this the current conversation so it was just the white noise of you like hitting your camera and microphone going (laughs) well it's really adding that ambiance to the to the podcast it's it's overrunning bill's snoring from him sleeping right now well bill was a knicks fan in the 90s so he doesn't really have much to add to this patrick ewing charles oakley anthony mason he was a he was a he bled he bled Knicks uh, orange and blue as his second as his second team. I don't get this guy. He listens to the the big big dog Mike up north when he's driving around. Now I find out he's a Knicks fan. I, we should cut this guy open. Oh, he, sure. loved, he, loved got, he loved he loved he loved them. I would I would ride my bike over to his house and we'd be playing pickup ball and I'd have my Jordan jersey on and he'd have his Knicks gear on. Wow, Bill, someone's got to dig up those photos. Uh, I mean, I have, my, I have Ewing jersey. I have an Anthony Mason jersey. I think I have an Oakley jersey, t-shirt. Um, I love Jordan. I mean, I, I love him. Um, 
I mean, I followed him like everybody else, but I, I love the Knicks. I, that team, I just, you know, I mean, I watched Sixers with my first love. I mean, but those were like Clarence, Clarence Brothers days with Johnny Dawk and Jeff Hornacek. So we were winning like 35 games at best, like Matt said. So Knicks were competitive, and they just had that East Coast style of basketball because Ma was a huge Big East college basketball fan. Like, loved yeah. UConn. Love, you know, love Nova, love Syracuse, Derek Coleman. Oh, my God. Derek Coleman was so much fun to watch. So, like, the Knicks kind of embodied that to me, like the Big East basketball vibe. That's yeah. what drew to New York. Um, the Garden. When, when we got Iverson and, and, you know, that's kind of my, you know, love for the Sixers kind of reignited hardcore to where, like, I had no secondary team and, I don't think I could ever wear. I mean, I could. I if I could fit in it, I'd wear my Ewing jersey again. <laughs> I'd rock <laughs> proudly. But uh, yeah, no, I think uh, AI cemented my love for the Sixers once again, as he did for many fans, including Matt. But it's funny as we were sitting here, I saw some pop up on my phone. Jesse, Jesse might you know chime in on this one. Nick Saban's catching heat from a lot of people now because since they're quarantined he had strength he's, he's saying it was, wasn't his idea but it's he likes it that he has his players uh they all got apple watches so they can track their workouts and communicate them through app apps and shit and now they're trying to get them in trouble for like breaking ncaa rules but they just said seems like it's a good idea you know we we want to see what these guys are doing. <laughs> that's that's yeah. a good move, man. Being ahead of the curve. I got nothing wrong with that. I, I, I kind of agree. It's an Apple Watch. If they want to track your, you know, and they want to text you like, hey, get your reps in. Hey, what did you do yeah. on this? What's the big deal? You know? But I mean, if we had an Apple Watch on, on Joel Embiid, what do you think his activity rings would be? Fucking well, Arby's and Nerf basketball and count? Does Nerf basketball count for Joel Embiid? No. I don't uh, think he's off the couch. I, I, on ESPN, I just read that Giannis hasn't touched the basketball because he's got no access to a, a, a basketball rim. And I'm like, where does this guy live? Well, yeah. I, I don't know why you can't order one on Amazon, you know, Amazon and just go in your backyard and shoot. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, whatever. Nah. I mean, some guys, uh, you know, I mean, I get it. You know, you know, not having a home gym, that's fine. But not shooting a ball outside, like if you're an MVP guy, like – to me, it seems weird, but yeah. But even the home gym thing, like that's why they make push-ups and sit-ups. And no, I mean home like courts, like where like you're ah. shooting. Like some guys have that. I know. I remember like first one I ever saw on TV was Magic Johnson had one, and it was like, oh my god, he has a bowling alley and a basketball court in his house. <laughs> and, I mean, I'm still wowed by that, obviously. But uh, he was the first. I remember that on Sports Center that they were showing him like. After, like, the HIV thing popped off, and he would, like, they were showing him when he came back, him, like, training in there, getting in shape and all that stuff. And it was in his home gym. Magic Johnson. Yeah, Larry Bird had that big outdoor court on on his property, too. That's where they shot that, that television commercial for their, uh, for their shoes. Oh, for the, uh, what were the they called? The weapons, like, yeah, like like Larry was there, like like practicing, doing drills, and then you see a limo like driving down up up the driveway, and then like it pulls up, and out comes like 
magic because he's you know from la and shit so they have him come out of a limo and stuff and then they like they like start playing one-on-one and 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 they both have their respected shoes on and stuff but that was shot at larry bird's house he's got that big court larry bird drinks butt larry bird drinks buttweiser the strongest beer in the world said charles barkley <laughs> I ain't paying for beers. Let Patrick pay for beers tonight. Yeah. Larry Bird says $7 a beer. He's never heard of that. Well, you've never been to an Eagles game, Larry Bird. Nope. I'd be happy to pay seven a beer. Shit, man. People will be sucking sucking some D for $7 beers at an Eagles game. I haven't been to a game in probably two or three years, but I'm going to say, what, beers are probably going to $13 minimum. Men? John? Give her my beer. Say again. What do you I can't over, what over this over what's going on in Jesse's window. Yeah, it's uh, just a bunch of it sounds like awesome. a kung fu fight, like a sword fight going on over there. <laughs> oh, that's my feet twitching. Sorry. No, no it's your mouse. What's a beer cost at a game now? Uh, it depends what you get. It's Ten bucks, eleven bucks, twelve bucks, thirteen bucks. Yeah, I think it's twelve, thirteen at least. Yeah. I'm 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 usually the liquor guy, so it's usually you know twelve and a tip. Nah, that's uh, that's crazy. <laughs> that's why you gotta get a couple drinks in you before you go. That's right. Well, speaking of Larry Bird and Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan and lack of sports going on, you know we had uh we had the uh, March Madness unfortunately um, fall by the wayside and. Um, you know that kind of like uh, in the spirit of uh, of of no March Madness and and no uh, college basketball uh, championship being crowned. Uh, it's only fitting that we 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 kind of like uh, go through the uh, the all time greats of of NCAA basketball right now and uh, and uh, pick our um, if you had five NCAA players, men's basketball players. To start out on a basketball court, or just five in general, who would they be, and who wants to who wants to go first? Me, great, I'll go first. <laughs> so at so at center, I've got Lou Alcindor, better known as Kareem Abdul Abdul Jabbar. Got to be on the list. Then at my power for, at my power forward position to round out the front court. I've got Christian Leitner. Fruit, <clears throat> I got Larry Bird. Guard position, I've got Michael Jordan. And point guard position, I've got Magic Johnson. Who's next? All right, I'll go. Well, oh, we're doing the whole team? Okay. Well, I mean... I would have to agree with. I just organized mine as a starting five because it just fit that way. But if you had five, hell, if you want to name your top ten, whatever you want to do, I'm just. Now we'll do starting five, like a five, like a five. Yeah. Um, Carmelo Anthony has to be on the list. I know, I know, it's going to irk a lot of people, but from from all time, I don't know about all time. He was really good at Syracuse. I give you that, and he could be on your list. I'll love. I mean, 
he 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 won them a championship. He did. I mean, he carried them the entire tournament. He was twenty five thirty a game. Yeah, Carmelo peaked in college. I'll 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 tell you. I'll give you that. <laughs> but he had the one and done year. But you know, college is tough to have more than one or one or two good years. So I'm I'm sorry. I'll shut up. I'll let you finish. I can no, accept. You, you gotta have um. You gotta have Christian Leitner in there. I agree. You have to have um. Uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't know if Michael Jordan. I'm gonna say is the best. I don't know if Michael Jordan is in that in that category. Um, let me th- let me think about my point guard. Oh, oh my, Magic Johnson has to be. You're right, Magic Johnson. I mean. I mean, Jordan. Jordan's just one of many. You know what I mean? I mean, it all depends on how you look at it, and and I think uh, I think generation, the generation thing, it, you know, falls into this too because you know I I look at these I look at a lot of lists here and like there's a lot of people that have Pistol Pete, you know, yeah, as like one like one of the top three all time, and it's like okay, like, that was like forever ago, but. Pistol Pete, like they said, he averaged like forty-four points a game. Pistol Pete was one of the greatest players the world doesn't really know about, and like you really watch his game, and you don't see too much, obviously, being when he played was in the seventies, uh, I think late sixties, um, where they didn't record as much. He was one of those guys that just uh, he was ahead of his time for the way he played. He was like a, a Magic Johnson who could shoot, <laughs> like yeah. Like lights out short, and he could put it in the in the net from anywhere. God, this is so tough because my team is so varying. Like I've already changed it twice in my head. It's so hard to like cement because I think the one player has to go on everybody's team, and I and if you don't put him on there, you're just being ignorant. It's Christian Leitner. Yeah, he's arguably one of the greatest basketball college players ever. It's hard for me not to have Patrick Ewing on there. Yep. In Georgetown, he was a monster. It's hard for me to play the same position. So I don't know. Larry Johnson. People forget what Larry Johnson was. Yeah. He was a tr- fucking tractor trailer. Um, I had Bobby Hurley on my original team. I mean, he... Wasn't that flashy point guard that's going to get 30 in a game, but, man, did he get guys open shots all day long. Did he get Christian and Grand Hill and Thomas Hill shots all day long? I mean, and then what do you what do you do for small forward? I, I, I could argue Jamal Mashburn was the greatest small forward to ever play. One of the greatest small forwards ever. Man, there's so many fucking guys that were so good in college. Yeah, it's yep. that's it one of the so many different ways. That's why I figured it'd be, it'd be cool to, like, to do this because you I mean I I, I had Ewing like I mean I thought of Ewing too. You know, I thought of Hakeem Hakeem and, and, and Ralph Thompson or like, Ralph Sam- Samson. I mean like those two were dominant man. Ray Allen might it might be the best shooter ever in college history. Fi slam a jamma like those dudes were like balling you know I Drexler was on that team. Yep. I mean, that was a ridiculous team. Those dudes balled out. Balled out. 
(laughs) Grand Hill. I mean, even Grand Hill, I could argue, could be on this team. Yeah. I mean, some people would even go J.J. Reddick, depending on when they grew up. Not me. (laughs) Not me. J.J. I mean, mean, the kid lit – the kid – the dude lit up the college tournament time. I mean, he he was a scorer, man. Yeah, but he he, he kicked out some games. He was was on a stack team. He didn't carry a team. He didn't carry a team like some of these other guys did. Like it's tough. College, I mean, where did the Fab Five guys stack up? I was just I put them on my list. I wouldn't put them on my list. Why not? Well, maybe as a t- maybe Bill, maybe as a team, but not like individual players. I don't think any good because they had five. And again, this is it's not their fault that they had five good guys to play, but they. I guess I could maybe put Chris Weber or Jalen Rose on there. I'm going back. I'm taking all my guys off. My whole team is Fab Five. Can you name the Fab Five, John? Chris Weber. Yes. Jalen Rose. Yes. Jawan Howard. Correct. And the two guys we forget the names of all the time. <laughs> two other guys. <laughs> what the hell was his name? I don't know. It's either Ray King or Jimmy King. Jimmy's the one guy, and Ray's King. the other. Jimmy King, and then Ray's the other guy, number 21. There you Ray go. Ray Jackson. There you go. Great. Might be one of the best assembled teams ever. Uh, Steve Fisher bought and paid for that team with the best money from Michigan. That team was bought and paid for as yeah. as the guy in blue, as Nick Goldie would say in blue chips, best players money can buy. When okay, so well, what we get rookie? We, we gave his dad a tractor, didn't we? A tractor, okay. bags of cash, bags of cash. <laughs> so we gave his mom, mom and cat, and a house, a house too. Okay, we gave her a house. <laughs> so great. I think so. Te- teams is actually interesting too because you know obviously you got the the the, the Blue Devils team. Right, I mean that—that's like yeah. a no-brainer. But you got the Fab Five, another no-brainer. But then you got—you had that UNLV team, which was nasty. That was, had, that was an NBA team playing college kids. The Fab UNLV when they went thirty-seven and zero, or whatever thirty-four, whatever it was, and and just embarrassed Duke, <laughs> embarrassed Duke. Uh, now Duke was young. Leitner was a sophomore. And he came back to beat him the next year, which shows how good that Duke team which was. Which just, just shows how good Leitner was. No, the whole, exactly. With, with that Duke team come back, stayed together. It was everybody. I think they lost one starter. But Grant Hill was a year older. Bobby Hurley was a year older. I mean, and they beat the best team, an NBA team, basically, with a couple college kids. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like, Bobby Hurley is one of those guys that, like, doesn't do anything sexy. He's like T.J. McConnell. But, like, it, a way better TJ. Like, hits his foul shots, plays defense. He's like a pest on defense. Great handle. Like, it's just one of the points you have to play. Well, he had basketball IQ, too. Yeah. yeah. He was pass first. Let my – I'll shoot if I have to. Like, nah, he's – I love that he coaches and coaches again in college. I love it. That, that North Carolina team with um, Jordan and – Worthy in that team? The 83 team? The Worthy team? Yeah, yeah, Worthy, Jordan. Kenny Smith wasn't on that team, was he? I think he was. I mean, that again, that's that's another team you kind of 
there there's a few well you know there's another thing too i'm just looking at i'm looking at steph curry's numbers man as a college player at davidson yeah and for for a guy who played it like a like a d was it no no not d3 no, no, I mean they're D one. You got to be. He's in D1. a Southern Conference, <laughs> but like he might have been able to replace. It's when this article says he might have been able to replace Pete Maravich's career scoring title if he would have played um, in a season like he did in the senior year and the sophomore and junior years. He would have. He had twenty six hundred career points, and he, he that was only junior and sophomore season. So it's kind of crazy. Yeah. If he played his senior year, could he have done that? He's a, he's a hell of a player, too. I keep forgetting about him. And that's the crazy thing. Like, you notice all the guys that we're talking about, like, they all played, like, more than two years, most of them. Well, no, I mean, back then, you didn't leave before your junior year. Like, you just didn't. Like, you played. And even that was still, like, you had to be – a guaranteed lottery pick to want to leave before your senior year. It was just a different era then. You went to yeah. college, played four years, and then you went to the NBA if you were good enough. But the yep. Jordans, the, like, you know, a few guys like that, like, I mean, even because he left after his junior year, um, like, he was one of the first guys to kind of do that. Again, like, another trendsetter. <laughs> so go to college when you can make money, and that's fine. I mean, what do you go to college for to get job skills to make money? All right, well, if you're a great player, go make money. Like, you know, do your thing. So, um, Jesse, I think you're, you you got muted somehow. Can you unmute yourself? Oh, yeah. Somehow you fell out. Am I back? Yeah, you're back. Wasn't, um, didn't Weber really change everything? Wasn't he the last guy? For what? The last guy for what? To be was able to, well, no, that went right to the pro, got to the pros the quickest. No, well, Weber left after a sophomore year. Um, I, I mean, he, he could have been one of the first guys to leave that early. I, I don't know if anybody, because him and Jalen Rose left after their sophomore year. I think Juwan Howard might have too. Only, only Ray King and uh, uh, Jackson and King stayed. Because wasn't there a lawsuit after that? It might have been. That could have been when they changed it to, to where you can go right out of high school even. Because it was shortly after that, they started drafting high school kids. You had like Darius Miles, Sebastian Telefero. Remember those guys? Oh, yeah. You know, those guys went right to the league out of high school. Lou Williams. I saw a thing about Lou Williams on a side note that when the Clippers traded for him. Yeah, I saw <laughs> He says, I don't want him to get him out of here before he, before he even played a game. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. But, um, no, I mean, it's – it's like, that's the thing with college basketball, and I think it's, it's, it's what hurts it, other than when you're in at that university going to a home game because you're a student, or if you live in that area, you know, and you go. But, like, you can't – like, you don't fall in love with a team because it's a team for, like, a year or two tops. Yeah. And then that's player to leave. So then, you know, so it's like everything else. Like, you don't have time to get invested, really. And it's kind of just like, like, a, like a microcosm of our society. You have, like, a year or two tops to fall in love with the team. And then, okay, well, it's over. Next, it's like, man, can I get my breath and have one more, year, like, year of this? Or, you know, and that, that's, that's the toughest thing because, like, you know, it's, it's just it's hard, it's hard to build a following. It's just hard. 
I, I love basketball, and I don't even know how. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I know all I know is the guy from Georgia is supposed to be number one pick, and that's like embarrassing to me that I love college basketball and I don't even know who the best player is really. <laughs> like I don't know. It would be interesting. If, sorry. No, you're fine. Like, it would be interesting if the NBA and the NCAA got together and were like, listen, if you are a college player and you play four years at your university and you get your degree and then you get drafted into the NBA, we'll put you in a certain salary bracket. So, like, if you play four years at your college, you get a degree and you're lucky enough to get drafted in the NBA, you're guaranteed $16 million a year. Sixteen million a year. No questions asked. It would be interesting to see if players would continue to play more than two years into their team, into their college careers, knowing that they could hit a certain salary stipend if they got drafted after four years. It would. It would be certain guys. What do you mean? The the top tier guys might do that guys who are going to get drafted but the the flip side is like in basketball it's one and done right is it one no you know you have to play two years in nba yeah it's it's a two-year wasn't wasn't it used to be one it used uh, to be one and done it used to be none and done so if you have to play two years as opposed to four years the problem is some of these kids might look at it, all right, I'm going to play two more years of college, but that's two years in the pros. I can get a shoe deal, and I'm two years closer to getting my second contract. Again, that's that's the other. I'm trying to say the incentive for people to stay, get a college degree. No, I got you. The NCAA basketball season tournament whatever as a whole be more enjoyable because you'll have like bill said you'll have you'll have the fab five type teams for four years yeah it it would be kind of that's one of the things that much and i like the fab five like i rooted for them to beat north carolina and montrose and those idiots i I hated eric montrose (laughs) and um but I wanted them to come back that junior year to win a championship. That just felt so unfulfilled, that team, getting to two final games and losing twice. It's like, you guys got so much unfinished business. You have 20, you have 15 years. I get it, though. You're 19, 20, and you're told you're going to be a top five pick, which they were. You know, that's how do you walk away from $25 million guaranteed, and you're come from nothing, and you're 19. It's like, yeah, you want to come back to win a college championship, but – Man, yeah, but me. on top of that, they're also being told like their university's making money hand over fist on their name, and they're not getting a dime of it. Uh, I, I, they were getting a dime. Chris was getting paid. He talks about it. Chris and Jalen, they 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 took money. Yeah, but not as much as the not as much as the universities were were banking. Yeah, I mean, you know, like two hundred grand, Chris Weber from a booster. That's why. That's what the whole thing started with him getting banned. Yeah, yeah. No, and that's part of I think why he left though too. It's that I think the NCAA was, was about going to drop the hammer on them. And it's like, well, all right, we can get out of Dodge when I can still can. Because, I mean, he, he don't bat an eye about it. Well, know? and that's that was not- like um, with What's-His-Nuts, with uh, Reggie Bush. Like, he took all kinds of benefits at SC, 
he pieces out, goes to the pros, and SC gets crippled with with sanctions on something a player did. Now they probably knew about it, but and that's the thing, um, though, dude. Because I mean, Pete Carroll is you know that level of program. I feel like you know what your star players are going on. Like, oh yeah, you know what I mean. It's not like he's a your he's your third string offensive tackle. He's your hyphen candidate running back. Like yeah. you know he's. You know, if his corners are corn and his shit that in that morning, so you know what. And what's what's interesting to me is the fact that you would think that the NCAA would just have the same rules for for all major collegiate sports. You would think it's it would make now it's a back and forth with the whole you know they should get paid and stuff because the rules are actually fucked up to where these guys can't even get part time jobs. Yeah, like they get jobs. Yeah, so but I mean, like football players, paid, they're not allowed. They're not allowed to work. Football so. players have to wait three years. Basketball players have to wait two years. Mm-hmm. Like it should be three and three across the board. Football, I get because because their big thing is your body's not done developing when you're nineteen, twenty, yeah. and you're playing against twenty five year old grown men that are gonna fuck you up. Basketball, I think they just want to make money off you for at least. They're like, all right, give it two years. We can, we can bleed you in two years. Get good. And then we'll find some other idiot. So that's fine. You know, we can make it work for two. Football, I feel like physically they're like, we can't put a 19-year-old kid in the NFL. <laughs> you know. Yeah. I mean, they could if you, I mean, look, but I don't know. That's just my opinion. But how much how much better would Ben Simmons be? Oh God. Of a player now, if he had to play three years in, in college and it develop a shot at some point, he would have had to develop a shot. I think that's true. I, I agree. And that's true. Like Lou Williams, we traded Lou Williams because we thought he wasn't going to be good. We got Lou when he was fucking 18. He was 18 years old when we got to Lou Williams in the second. 18 years old. I, I mean, he's playing against, you know, he, he it, it was just craziness. Like, he's not physically or mentally ready to be in a professional NBA game. And you think he got, like, he, he's, he's all I point to. Darius Miles, Sebastian Telefero, all these guys. Like, guys fizzled out in their career because they got a lot of money. They were young. They weren't ready in every aspect of the game. And the league chewed them up and spit them out. Adam Morrison. And it's like, you know, and it's fine. It, it, Cause I mean, it's a job basically, but it's the same time. It's, you know, it's, it, it's tough. You know, it's, it's hard to tell a kid you can't go to work if you want to in the NBA when you're 20. It's like, well, you know, I can I can quit college and go become anything I want, but it's, I none of these guys want jobs anyway. So no, I think jobs like MBA and it's a job. I got you. I thought you meant like no, you, no, 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 no. I meant cars. So okay. aside from aside from Kobe and LeBron, who are the only two really successful? Like who are the other successful players that didn't go to college? Went, went right from high school right into the NBA. Kevin Garnett. Kevin Garnett, Jermaine O'Neal. Um, I forget Paul George was one of them. Was LeBron the last of college? Yeah, LeBron is that that, that yes that I could think of yes. LeBron yes. Yeah, Paul George definitely went to college. Did he go to Kansas or something? Fresno State. I went to Fresno State. No oh, shit. Why did I forget that? Kyrie only played like 10 games in college. He got hurt at Duke, go figure. And was number one pick. 
idiot. Well, maybe like maybe they could turn like the G League into like the college league and turn that into something. You know, yeah. maybe instead of well, like, maybe instead of you going to Duke anymore, you can you can go and join the the G League and get an education there. The NCAA would never allow that. So 2005 was the last uh, year that the NBA allowed uh, players to come directly from high school to the NBA. Also, if the NCAA stopped paying their coaches millions and millions of dollars, maybe they they could nip some of the shit in the butt. Or the butt, excuse me. So you had – and Lou Williams was in 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 that class. Second round pick. Andrew Bynum, Gerald Green, CJ yeah. Miles, Monte Ellis, Lou Williams, um, all the other Amir Johnson, Martel Webster. They were the last ones. 2005. Look, and, they, and there were like eight of them. Eight of them. And only like two or three became really good. Yeah. Not that they were college and they couldn't get good, but. They announced the. Um... Hall of Fame today too. Tim Duncan, Kevin Garnett, Kobe Bryant going to be inducted. Only three. Uh, there's there's more I think. Those are the ones that I give a shit about. Yeah, it's probably the only ones notable, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you make the Hall of Fame, you're notable, but you know, but. Tim Duncan, Kevin, Kobe Bryant, Kevin Bryant are expected to be officially announced as part of the 2020 Chinese. Um, probably just to pipe it up a little bit. Yeah, it doesn't say anybody else, but I'm sure there'll be some coaches and right. WNBA players, of course, because you know they're they're yeah. uh, they're in there as well as they should. And you know what? I I hate to not bring this up as well. Like when we talk about college basketball players, we tend to forget female college basketball players and like girls like um, Deanna Tarasi from UConn, like she was like one of the best college basketball players ever. What was it? Uh, Elena Deladonna then came out and wrecked house too, right? Yeah. She she didn't, she didn't like, she didn't crush it. Like Deanna, Deanna Tarasi. I forgot how to say her name. Deanna Tarasi. Fuck. She was really good at UConn. Dana Tarasi, by the way. What is it? Just Dana Tarasi. Dana Tarasi? Yeah. No, is it Deanna Tarasi? It's Dana. No, it's not. Deanna Tarasi. Yeah, Deanna. And some people say Diana. Diana, Diana Tarasi, excuse me. But she was excellent as a female college basketball player. And not even just say female, but college basketball in general. UConn, like you, UConn women's basketball is like to what like Jesse's Alabama is to like. Yeah, they're a wrecking part. They're just like they're crazy. They're crazy good. There, I mean, there was some point where like they didn't lose a game in like three years. Yeah, they're ridiculous. Well, it's it's. I thought we were gonna be with Doug New Norm year in and year out. Doug, the new, the new norm. norm. By the way, that's what the Eagles are going to be, right, guys? The new norm. Did you see um, Dave Spadaro interview Doug Peterson in his home? <laughs> I I didn't see it, but I saw like video. I, I didn't click on it, but I saw there was a video of it. I didn't look at it yet. Yeah, he was recording uh, like similar to we are with uh, Dave Spadaro in like his upstairs like kid's bedroom, 
because this kid was like downstairs, like studying for high school or whatever. It was funny. I didn't watch the whole thing, but is he in Philly or Alabama, Doug? He's in Morristown. I saw uh, Dave Bernardo interviewed Harry Roseman a couple days ago. Yeah. I think he's going through everybody probably. Harry Roseman looks like a pimp. He had told you to do that Eagles hat on and that really Eagles hoodie. It was awesome. Well, fellas, I think does this wrap up episode? What is this? What day is it? I forget. Episode <laughs> love you fans. Thirty. 30- 37. Seven? Episode 37, quarantine episode six. Oh, I was going to say 36, quarantine episode seven. I got my seven and my sixers. Flip, we're flip, gonna, floppity. We're totally going to hit that 10 before you know it. You should take yeah. it. Or... Oh, the quarantine is hitting double digits, fellas. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. We're going to have quarantine episodes than we do. Basement episodes soon. Yeah, I don't even know what the basement looks like anymore. I just, I don't even know. I mean, has anyone been play? down there to feed the humble bumble lately? I mean, is he still like? How's he doing down there? Hank ain't taking care of him. Talk about quarantine. Shit. Hank brings his hooas down there all the time. <laughs> oh my god, Jesus. And you know, listen, he does his thing. I I I give him a space. Dom does his. Uh, Virtual drum lessons down there, too. So there's a, a shit ton of drum kits set up down there. Nice. So he's getting some love. That's good. Tell him I said hi. Absolutely, man. He misses everybody. Can't wait for can't, can't wait to roll in the same room together to get that real heat going. That real hatred. Can't wait till we're all in the same room. Can't wait till there's sports again. Can't wait till, uh, you know, everyone is uh, happy and healthy. So for myself, Bill... Jesse, John, have a great weekend. Be safe. And, uh, be good. Go, birds. Stay home.